0: episode number one i'm your host aaron Rittmaster. i go by aj ritz on the boards and with me here is a whole crew of diz dads i've got mark pratt say hi mark hello there's i got you (laughs) (laughs) i've got mark pratt uh gary hashman hey everybody john thomas howdy eric anderson hello chris carroll hi and nathan trent with with me Um, Hi, guys. And, uh, you know, you you might be wondering, who are these Diz Dads and what do they think they're doing with the podcast? Well, we're a group of fathers from around the world. We represent a range of ages, ethnicities, religious traditions, political beliefs, careers, and interests. But there are three things that we all share. Love for our children, love for all things Disney and Walt Disney World, and participation in the Diz Dads Dads Club threads on the DizBoards.com. We're hoping to use this podcast to share all of those things with you. Uh, so this our, our first episode. We've got a, a lot of things that we wanted to talk about. And the first is a favorite topic of many a uh, Diz Dad's Club thread, and that is eating at Walt Disney World. And tonight we're going to talk about our top three restaurants in Walt Disney World. And I think I'm going to ask uh, Nate to speak up first. Nate? What is your third, let's start at the bottom of the list, your third favorite restaurant at Walt Disney world.
1: Third favorite restaurant, uh, have limited, uh, experience, but I would have to say my third favorite was the, uh, sci-fi dining and cafe at Hollywood studios.
0: And, and what, what's the highlight of those sci-fi?
1: <laughs> um, they had a really good, uh, chocolate peanut butter dessert and, uh, I really like their cherry Coke. (laughs) (laughs) And my entree I had at that particular time was uh, some ribs, and they were really good,
2: too.
0: Sounds tasty. How about you, Chris? Well, for my
2: third number one, uh, I'm going to have to say Yak and Yeti at the Animal Kingdom.
0: And what's what's the highlight of the uh, Yak and Yeti for you?
2: Uh, I think that uh, they have some really good appetizers, some very unusual things that are uh, good to eat. I can't remember a specific dish right now from there, but for the um, but I, I know that uh, my kids that are somewhat not the most adventurous eaters in the world, they
3: can always be encouraged to try new things.
0: Sounds good. How about you, Eric?
3: I think for my uh, third favorite, is going to be uh, Sanaa over at uh, Animal Kingdom uh, Kidani Village. Um, it's uh, ate there in May. It's a relatively new restaurant. I think they're um, they're still kind of trying to find what they're going to be as a restaurant, and that lets them have a little bit of freedom. So they're, they aren't kind of stuck in the role that some other Disney restaurants get into of, we're this restaurant, we're the steak restaurant, or we're um, the seafood restaurant. They're playing around with a lot of... Uh, Indian cuisine, uh, African flavors. And they do, a, I think, a really good job of uh, sort of testing some limits. And they also have uh, a really good selection for kids. I was very impressed with their their kids' food.
0: That's great. That's one of my big frustrations of table service restaurants at Disney is, you know, the the kids got to order from that kid's menu when you're on the dining plan. And a lot of the, the restaurants, you know, there's great stuff for the adults, but it just doesn't seem like the results or the uh, options for the kids are, are- particularly uh, appetizing.
3: Yeah. Uh, our uh, three-year-old is very picky. And after you know, turning her nose up at a lot of pizza around the world, she scarfed down almost the entire pizza on the kids menu there. <laughs> we talked to the chef about it and found out that they actually, instead of pulling it out of a freezer and putting it in a microwave, like they do at most places, right. they actually use the, the dough for the non bread that they have there. Uh as the crust and then they do everything fresh from there so fresh sauce fresh mozzarella um, so it's easy, easy to see why that's a step above
0: most places how about you John
4: well first of all I gotta say uh, this is kind of hard to do whenever I was thinking about this because there's so many good places but um, my third uh, I'd probably say Boma out at, uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge Um I really love their soups. They have really good soups. Um, They've got all kinds of things you've never heard of, but once you taste them, it's like you 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 got a familiarity with it. It's like, you know, I've tasted that before, but just not in this way. You know, like a lot of their meats will have a little maybe cinnamon Mm -hmm. flavor in it and stuff like that. And uh, I like anything that's got a little sweetness to it. So. Then uh, and their desserts are really good. You know the zebra domes and some of the little tarts that they have, and and it's a just a neat place. It's a little dark in there, and it's got a neat ambiance the way that they got it decorated, and it looks really cool. I like that place.
0: Yeah, Boma was on my list too, and uh, I got to say, you know, I think it might have been higher, but it was it was number three on my list because I I ended up not really getting to explore and enjoy it as much as I wanted to. Um, because we went there in our trip back in October, and um, my my daughter, who was eight at the time, um, had gotten what we now realize was probably heat exhaustion earlier in the day. Yeah, yeah. And so by the time we were trying to eat at Boma, she was out of it, um, and so we didn't really get to, to relax and enjoy. Because one of the I think one of the best things about Boma is not only are they great, interesting flavors. But you can feed the kids there because they've got a good kids section of that buffet that has stuff that they're comfortable and familiar with and it makes it work really well for both the kids and the adults.
4: Mm-hmm. And also if they're if they're willing to, you know, they can try some of the stuff off the regular buffet and, you know, experience some of that other type of flavors. So that's kinda neat.
0: Exactly. I agree. So what about you, Gary?
5: Oh, well, I was, uh, I was uh, just like Nate. I've been kind of uh, limited in the restaurant experience down there. But I would say my number three would probably be uh, Akershus, uh, the storybook dinner. Uh, I got a pork chop there that might have been one of the best pork chops I ever ate. Uh, the sauce that came with it was amazing. And I, I thought it was great. And obviously, all the princesses made my daughter happy. So she was a happy eater as well. <laughs> So, yeah, that'd probably be my number three.
0: Okay. And, uh, Mark, what about you?
5: Uh, number three would probably be, I'd say, probably
6: 1900 Park Fair um, with uh, Cinderella and the, and the Stepsisters. Um, it, it's, they're, they're like, like I said before, there's a ton of great restaurants, so it's really hard to choose just three. But, um I would say that one is, it was a blast because the, the food quality was, was, was okay. Um, it was the stepsisters that really made it for us. Um, I got the, the seafood salad that actually had real seafood in it for a change. And um, there was like a squid-looking thing in it. <laughs> and I put it on my fork and I was showing it to my wife. And the stepsisters came over and they started chanting, eat it, eat it. And it had the whole restaurant looking at us. Um, and she ate it and they just, they, they both just grossed out and it was, it was beautiful. Um, you know, and so the character interaction there, it, it was great too. So that would, that would probably be my number three.
0: And, uh, since we're going to swing back around, um, I guess I should, should start with, uh, with my number two. I, would mentioned that Boma was, was also my number three. Uh, for my number two, I'm going to say, and, and I had a hard time with this one cause I considered Acre's house, but for me, the problem was my food there wasn't great. The atmosphere was wonderful, but the food was, was really just kind of okay. Um, but I got really spoiled and my wife and I got to have an adults only dinner at California grill while we were there. And, uh, I gotta say that was a terrific meal. Um, I, I, am not sure whether it was all about the food because some of it was probably about the fact that it was the one day out of the entire trip that we got to spend a few hours without the kids um and as much as i love my children and spending time with them a little time away in the middle of the trip was a good thing but um you know you get great attention from the staff there the the uh our waiter was always present but not overbearing the food was really good uh we had a a appetizer a um ravioli appetizer that was really uh, excellent one of the best things we ate the whole time we were there uh my wife's uh, filet was done just like she wanted it uh the uh the uh now uh, see i'm not even gonna remember what i had because i liked her her filet so much um and dessert was really good so it was just a, a dinner experience there at california grill and and so that's what makes it i think my second favorite um and and mark how about you
6: uh, second favorite, I, I would go with Narcosis, um, just because of the atmosphere. We, we got to, to be there for alone as well, for because there's no way I'd drag my kids into that place. <laughs> uh, um, uh, that would just disturb the atmosphere for everybody else. Um, but we got to, for our, our anniversary um, in 2009, we got to go by ourselves to the world, and we went to Narcosis for our anniversary dinner. And we, we actually got to go during the time that they're having the the wishes, um, fireworks show at the same time, and the music's piped into Narcosis. Um, so we got to to sit by the window and and have dinner and watch the fireworks, and the meal was just flawless. And we had a I I believe it was the steak and the lobster, the flame lobster. It was, but it was it was phenomenal. Um, the desserts, you know, everything was the presentation, everything was just perfect.
0: So. Sounds good. How about you, Gary? Um, my number two is actually Mark's
5: number three at 1900 Park. Uh, and just like he said, the Amiens, the, the stepsisters, and really, I mean, it's even more than um, Cinderella or Prince Charming coming around. It's the stepsisters that make that meal, just like he said, chanting the eat it, eat it, and and <laughs> their snide, almost rude uh, portrayals of the characters da- uh, during the meal is, is amazing. Uh, so much to the fact that my daughter didn't go near any of them. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely the ambiance uh, of 1900 Park Fair uh, probably puts it at number two for me.
0: And how about you, John?
4: Uh, this one, uh, I'm going to have to go with Ohana's Dinner. Um, but first of all I have to warn anybody who goes uh, you probably want to lay off breakfast and lunch before you go <laughs> because they will bring you food a lot of food and it's really good like they start off with some pineapple coconut bread which I mean we could have filled up just on that right there and then they you know they bring out these wings that are good and pork dumplings and you know that's just the appetizers then, you know, you're already full and they're ready to start bringing out the skewers of meat. And uh, it, I have to admit, the shrimp that they bring out, it's, it's peel and eat, but it's had been marinating and grilled. And it is some of the best tasting shrimp I've ever had. Uh, also, their steak is really good uh, that they bring out. Um, the pork, it was okay. The chicken was good. But just compared to that Shrimp and steak. That's by far, I think, the two best things that they have. And then, uh, yeah, the dipping sauces, they bring out like a, a peanut sauce you can dip your meat in, and a chimichurri, and like a sweet and sour. And uh, yeah, then to top that all off, then you're ready to explode. And then they bring out this dessert that is just <laughs> delicious. And it has a. Uh, I guess like a, a bananas foster sauce that gets poured over this bread pudding. And, oh man, you know, bread is filling already and make that bread pudding dessert. And I mean, you, you just stuff yourself until you're miserable because it's just so good.
0: Yeah. I have to admit, I had, I had Ohana as my number one and I, you know, circumstance helped because we went there our first night. And so it was perfect because, you know, we hadn't had the whole usual Disney meals, uh, before that. So we were, we were hungry and ready to go. And, you know, I think my favorite part of the whole deal was that there were so many choices. It was like having a buffet, but it was having the buffet brought to your table. And so you didn't have to worry about wrangling kids at the, you know, in, in the buffet line, it was all right there. And there was something for everybody. Everybody found something they liked.
4: Yeah. And that reminds me of these little noodles that they had. They bring, bring out these noodles as a side dish, and those were really, really good too, one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, that was my, – my daughter pretty much made her dinner out of those noodles. Um, all right, uh, Eric, you're number two. Yes.
3: Uh, number two for me, I, I'm going to throw in the Yachtsman Steakhouse uh, over at the Yacht Club. It's, uh, it's a lot of meat. That's, that's basically <laughs> the deal. Um, to make a really good steak, um, it was uh, the scene of a couple of uh, uh, date nights for my wife and I. It, we do the same thing as probably a lot of other people do when you can get away. Um, you know, just uh, your spouse and yourself can you know go have dinner without the kids. Even though it's a family vacation, it's always nice to to duck away for a meal. Or, and uh, they do a really nice job. Uh, the, the steaks that we've had there have been great. Um, and again, you you can walk around the boardwalk afterwards and, you know, do several laps to try to work it off, but, um, they, they do a really, really nice job.
0: And, uh, how about you, Chris?
2: My, uh, my number two is going to be your number two as well. I've got to echo the California grill as my, as my number two. Um, that, uh, that, uh, That um, uh, goat cheese ravioli that they have that I think is what your wife must have had is really spectacular. That's the one I had
0: and I was so – I think I was so wrapped up with the goat cheese ravioli for the appetizer that I didn't even think about my my entree. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and I I almost – in fact, I always get – steak of some sort. Whenever I go out to dinner, my wife jokes that I don't even need to look at any menu. I'm just gonna get the steak. Uh and I did not get the steak at this restaurant. I got the um the grilled pork tenderloin and it was fabulous. And I did not miss the steak. And for me that's uh that's saying a lot. And then the desserts are really unbelievable there as well. We went there, um we were lucky enough to go there by ourselves as well. And it brought us out uh Couple of glasses of champagne and a special dessert, and they took our picture that they emailed to us later. The whole experience was just really wonderful.
0: So, what time did you go? That's what I need to know. Did you go ah. early for the for the uh, for the sunset, or did you go a little later and catch fireworks?
2: We did not go uh, for the fireworks. We were there for the sunset. We had left our kids at, I believe, at the um, Polynesian babysitting, and uh, we. Uh, wanted to get back in time to get them and put them to bed. So we went for sunset um and they had the screens down when we first got there and then they they raised them up and it was really spectacular.
0: Well, that's we did the same thing actually including leaving the kids at the Neverland Club and it was you know I really loved they they raised the the shades and then did you have the the waiter who stood up kind of on that second tier of seating and turned to the to everybody in the restaurant and announces <laughs> ladies and gentlemen the california grill proudly presents
2: yes <laughs> yes that was that was just, that was really uh that was fun
0: yeah i loved it yeah all right and uh nate you're you get to to turn the corner for us so so your number two and then the top of your list
1: let's see Um uh, my number two maybe other people's number one i'm going to go with uh lecelier the steakhouse in canada Ding ding and a winner. And ding ding. <laughs> ah, yes. Let's tell you, I just can't say enough about the the steaks and the service there and the steaks and the steaks. <laughs> and uh, the pretzel, uh, pretzel bread was really good as well. I did not get to uh, sample the cheese soup, though. I wish I had.
0: And uh, number one?
1: Number one. I am going to go with uh, Liberty Tea. Liberty Tree Tavern.
0: That's almost as Magic difficult Kingdom. to say as Diz Dad's podcast.
1: Diz Dad podcast, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Liberty Tree Tavern has a, uh, they just bring you piles and piles of food and top it all off. Uh, they give you this apple pie a la mode at the end that it. is just to die for. But lots of good comfort food, turkey dressing, uh, flank steak and ham, veggies, stuff like that. But it was really good
0: sounds great and uh, Chris you're number one
2: sorry I was uh, muted there for a minute <laughs> I think uh, my wife who's listening to this podcast says for number one you absolutely have to choose uh, Victorian Albert's um, which is the really fancy restaurant at um, at the Grand Floridian we went. Uh, when my dad and his wife were down there, we went. Uh, they took us out to dinner at that restaurant, and um, it, was, uh, it was one of those five-star restaurants that you read about and see on the Food Network, and it uh, did not disappoint.
0: See, I think that's definitely the way to do Victorian Alberts when you yes. on someone else's <laughs> having, dime. Having the dad
2: pay for it, having your dad pay for it is definitely the way to go.
0: <laughs> and what was the highlight of Victorian Alberts? Uh I'm gonna
2: say this is kind of a weird highlight to have. Two, I had two highlights. One was they had a um they had an egg custard that they served in an actual egg uh that was delicious. And they had a um uh they had their coffee is unbelievable. And they use this coffee maker that I don't really understand how it works. I watched them do it and had them explain it to us and it works by vacuums and all sorts of other things, and I couldn't really even follow it, but uh, it, was, uh, it was delicious.
0: See, and that's especially important at Disney when it's so difficult to get a decent cup of coffee.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, it is.
0: All right. Uh, Eric, you're number one.
3: I'm a, I'm a little ticked off that I have to follow up, follow up uh, Victorian Alberts <laughs> because uh, that, that's setting the bar pretty high. Uh, I do have that planned for this December, but uh, haven't been there yet. So I'm gonna to have to go with uh, Citrico's which is right across the hall from Victorian Albert's and uh, the Grand Floridian uh, They've got a great atmosphere there uh a big open kitchen uh had one of the one of the best meals you know just in terms of uh, of taste there I uh, cannot recall exactly what it was, but I know it was <laughs> it was seafood and it was delicious uh, There might also have been some wine
0: um, which might help explain rem-
3: now exactly. Remember tray. Uh, the 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 memory is a little foggy there, but um, it, it's you know it's one of those nice open spaces, um, but it doesn't get crazy loud like places uh, like the Flying Fish is also really good over on the boardwalk, but it it can get pretty loud. But Citrico seems to be uh, a little more muted. It, you can actually talk to the person across from you a little easier. So that that's my top pick right now. But I'm keeping my options open for Victoria and Alberts. Uh, after i've actually tried it
0: we'll look forward to hearing back when that happens absolutely uh so john what's your favorite
3: well um
4: since this has to be some that we have been to before uh i can't go with the victorian alberts it made my top three want to go to list (laughs) but um la don't like nathan um yeah that was my favorite. Uh, I love that cheese soup and dipping the pretzel pretzel bread in it. I mean, I don't even pick up the spoon. I just take the pretzel <laughs> bread and use it like a dip. And uh, my son caught on, and yeah, he, he kind of cut the bug, and he helped me finish my soup with his pretzel bread. Then um, that mushroom filet has got to be one of the best steaks I've ever had. Just uh, They bring it out perfectly cooked. As long as you don't try to tell them, you know, well done or something like that, they probably look at you funny. But, uh, yeah, if you get it cooked right, they'll bring it out perfect, and it just melts in your mouth. It's just so great. And that uh, maple creme brulee for dessert, it just outstanding. Very good. It's got that sweet, you know, little maple hint in there so you don't get the bland regular creme brulee vanilla it adds that sweetness and that little, you know, spark. So it's really, really good. That's uh, my
5: favorite place.
0: And uh, Gary, a number one from you.
5: Uh, my number one goes straight sentimental. It's the first meal that I had at Disney. Uh, and it was at the Ohana. And uh, every, every time I've been back to it, just the smell before you get there. And, the, and then like uh, uh, I believe it was Mark was saying, um the the jumbo shrimp bringing skewers of meat around to your table and i'm a big man so i like a lot of food and uh yeah just it it and every time you go back it may you it's kind of like every time you walk down main street you're like oh i'm here again same thing for me with ohana every time i go in there it's ah i'm here again so it, yeah it would definitely be ohana
0: all right, and Mark, you get to finish off the list with your number 1 Walt Disney World restaurant.
6: Um, I would I would probably go ahead and and concur with with the better half of this group is, would be with uh La Celliere. Um it, it, it the food there is just amazing. And I, and I've seen, you know, wives on the disc, Dad's asking where they should take their husband for, you know, whatever. La Celliere, hands down. Um just the the food there, like Nate said, that the the mushroom filet was just out of this world, melt in your mouth, perfect. Um, the cream cheese mashed potatoes, which I I've, I've tried to recreate at home, you know, failingly I'm sure. Um, but uh, and and we're not our, we don't drink in our family, so we, we order things like Shirley Temples and things like that, and they they do a Canadian Shirley Temple, which is where they use ginger ale instead of uh, like a Seven Up. It's just everything about it was, was perfect, um, and and like John had mentioned earlier about Ohana's, um, I, I didn't hear much after what he you know after he mentioned skewers of meat I was lost after that, so we're gonna have to try that on our next trip I think. So we have a have a trip coming up in October a cruise a cruise and Disney trip so we're gonna we're gonna try to sneak them in Ohana's
0: I guess. All right. Well, we're going to try and uh, gather all those together and maybe see if we can't, uh, assign some point values, you know, one to three and, and I'll try and put together show notes when we, when we post this, that, uh, actually lists our uh, top restaurants and, uh, we can go from there, um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and, uh, see what the, uh, kind of what the score was for, for our top three restaurants on the uh, first episode of the Diz Dads podcast, um, Moving on, uh, I would like to take us to our next topic, and, and Mark, that's uh, we're going to come back to you here with uh, a little recap of your recent trip. Uh, when when was your trip? Back in December?
6: Uh, yeah, we went from um, December, uh, I believe it was the tenth to the eighteenth, um, and we, we stayed. We we had two friends that had never been. Um, and it was, oh, let's see, it was a list of events. We had my son's birthday, um, our anniversary, and our, our friend's first time in their honeymoon, actually. Um, so we took them with us. And then we had my three kids and my wife and my mother-in-law, and then our two friends. So we had, you know, a, a grand gathering, which was kind of nice. Um, and, and we went and we stayed at uh, Port Orleans Riverside, which was, was an amazing, beautiful resort. Um, the mansion-style resort, the rooms that we stayed in was really neat. Um, So we have three rooms, and you know, I I would suggest if you ever plan to go in December to rethink those trip plans, (laughs) because it was frigid. Um, We had as the picture, I, I posted a picture on the disc ads of our Splash Mountain picture, and that's that's us in our shorts and our Hawaiian shirts, and then two days later, um, there's a picture of us on Expedition Everest where we're coats, hats, scarves, gloves. So yeah, it was it was so cold, and we're from Colorado, so we're we're, we're used to cold. it's not that kind of cold, I guess. <laughs> um, but but it, it was we had a blast. Um, we we did the deluxe plan, which was kind of overkill. Um, seemed like we were um planning most of our day around meals. So I, I wouldn't suggest going with the, the deluxe, maybe kick it down one notch and, and go with the, the plus dining, which is which is perfect for our family. It always has been, but our friend thought, hey free food, so why not? Um <laughs> so but all in all we had we had a great trip. The the resort, like I so said the resort was great. Um the crowds weren't too bad. And I think that that was probably because of the cold. The last couple of days, uh, we had rain one day, but um, we had just an absolute blast with our friends. It, they had a great time, and I think they're actually planning on going with us on our next on the cruise. Um, so, and we're doing a an adults only trip this next one coming up. Um, but we ate, you know, we we ate at La Cellière. We ate at uh, we did the um, Phantasmic dining plan, Which was really neat. Um, you get a choice of I think of three restaurants, and then you get um, a VIP seating for the fan, the Phantasm show. Um, so that was that was really neat to be able to be right up front instead of having to wait two hours. It took us I think all of fifteen minutes just to walk in and set. So that was kind of nice, and I think we're like second row for the show. So that was that was really neat.
0: So if you had to, if you had to pick out one favorite moment from that December trip uh, what what would you what would it be
6: I would say it was a grand gathering meal that we had at Tony's just because of the it, it was really neat that the, you know with just having Tony out there and Tony singing you know to the crowd and then he called out for all the anniversaries and he made us come up in front of everybody and uh, got to dance with my wife while he sang to us so that that was pretty neat. And, uh, you know, you always have your one, your one Disney moment, what we call it, which is pretty much just a disaster moment, for, for not for our family, but for something that you observe. And our, our latest, greatest one was we saw this beautiful little princess. She was done up just absolutely gorgeous at Epcot. She was sitting at one of the benches towards the buses. And uh, poor little girl was just sitting there, and all of a sudden she just lost her lunch. <laughs> oh no! This, you see this beautiful princess, and, and there she is. And it's like her dad, you could tell her dad was just like, oh, he was done. <laughs> so that that was our one Disney moment for the day, <laughs> for the trip.
0: So I have to ask, because, you know, it comes up so often. I know you had a, a dinner at Tony's, or a, a meal at Tony's. Um, have you ever eaten at Tony's other than for a grand gathering?
6: No, I have not. Okay. We never, so we had the breakfast there.
0: Yeah, cuz see it's interesting cuz I've heard that the experience at Tony's for grand gathering is different than the usual meal there and I I haven't actually come across anybody who's eaten at Tony's for regular meals. Anybody uh here in the in the podcast had a regular meal at, at Tony's a non grand gathering meal? Yeah, yeah this is I'm a... trying to repress it. <laughs> Okay, you so see, I gotta
2: disagree there. I liked, I, we liked Tony's. Um, you know, we heard some terrible reviews from Tony's looking online, but you know, it's a, it's a pasta place, and it was, uh, you know, a decent. Italian pasta place we didn't we didn't have uh, we didn't have a bad meal at Tony's we had a we had a pretty good meal we went there right before uh, their Halloween party the um, not so scary Halloween party and uh, we had a good time we so I guess we're an outlier and that we didn't have a terrible experience there (laughs) although I must say we had very low expectations
0: I think that helps Um, and somebody else had, had kind of piped in and said that the experience was bad enough they tried to wipe it from their memory so who was that yeah
3: Uh, that was, that was me. It was, um, yeah, just the food was bad. The service was bad. Um, the timing of everything was just off. Um, and you know, maybe that was an off night for them, but like, uh, like you're saying, Chris, I've seen what other people have said about Tony's and that seems to be, uh, more par for the course than, uh, than a good experience. But, uh. But yeah, that was our first meal at Disney a couple of years ago, and uh, it, it didn't didn't get things off to a good start. But um, but yeah, it's I, I think with any Disney restaurant, what you get one night is not necessarily what you're going to get another night. Sure, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of variability.
0: Oh, and for Mark's trip, the important part was that for the Grand Gathering, they did it up right.
3: Yeah, and and the
6: only difference between just a regular meal and the Grand Gathering there as far as i could observe while we were there cuz there was a lot of families that that were just you know just there um and the only difference was that, that we got a special collectors edition pin that said tony's grand gathering or something you know something to that effect so it was basically a trading pin that was just a, a special edition pin that's the only the only
0: true difference that i could see yeah but i got to got to expect that they probably staff it a little differently too given some of the complaints that i that i hear on the boards about about uh you know service at Tony's too. Yeah, and
6: our service wasn't that bad at all and so it they very well might be, you know, staffing it different. And we were there for breakfast, so um it, it might you know, like I said the food was fine. Sure she didn't have any problems. Sure. All
0: right. Uh well I think that, that that'll, that'll wrap our, our chat of uh Mark's trip. It sounds like overall it was a great trip and uh you know, you can't, can't really do anything about the weather, so, you, you know, you just put up with it the best you can. Um, the next thing we wanted to talk about is something that's sort of unique to the Diz Dads Club, and I, I think this is our first opportunity to share with the world the uh, Diz Dad Club concept of man law. And uh, there are only a very few topics that have made it to the status of man law in the Diz Dads Club. And I wanted to take a moment to highlight this. I think we'll probably call this an occasional feature of the podcast, because at this point there are only a few of them. And uh, I want to ask, in the spirit of one of the Diz Dads man laws, what's the big deal with rope drop? Because we have declared it man law that, and I'm going to quote here directly, uh gotta find it first.
4: You came unprepared to class?
0: I did. No, here it is. Okay. Well I was looking farther down the list. Here it is, right near the top. Rope drop is absolutely worthwhile getting up to go and see. All Diz Dads should see should go at least once, and I'm gonna say that every diz dad should do it as often as they can possibly stand it while they're on property at Walt Disney World. I'd say it's the
3: only way you're going to make it over to um, Toy Story Midway Media before eleven o'clock is <laughs> to get there a rope drop at Disney Hollywood Studios. I agree. Uh, and I, you know, I see people knocking over children on their way to get there. Um, not me, of course, but I, I've seen it happen. People get very, very rough. So the quicker you can get, just in the general vicinity, the better off you are. Like I said, yeah. if you want to get there before noon. It's uh, it's one of those rides that just fills up so quickly.
0: Yeah, but uh, to me, you know, rope drop is really uh, about more than just the rush to to Toy Story Mania, too, though. Because one of my favorite moments was getting to the Magic Kingdom the first time, the first day we were at Magic Kingdom, and just kind of the look of anticipation on the kids' faces, you know, looking up at that clock tower looking at the hands kind of get closer and closer and you know watching they didn't really they didn't know about the train coming in so they didn't know to expect it and the the look on their faces when the train pulled in music kicked on they saw the characters all jumping out and you know there's there's a, a unique moment there at rope drop that I, I don't think you get when you just kind of roll out of bed at 10 and wander across the, the pond to the to uh, to the magic kingdom
4: yeah those pre-shows help you know kind of build the excitement. Towards getting into the parks, because you know all the parks do it, some type of little pre-show or whatever before you go in. So it kind of like sets the sets the mood for getting you all riled up, excited, and ready to go if you weren't already. But just on top of that,
6: I I totally agree with that too. Um, You know, seeing it through your kids' eyes. Um, This last trip was the first time our kids made the rope drop to any of them. Um, My wife and I did on our trip that we did t- together before um, we did Hollywood Studios and that was just a riot you know they got the, the director out there trying to direct you and you know at the count of three I want you all to just yell and act like you're having fun you know kind of thing it just made just a whole show out of it and of course Magic Kingdom with our kids just seeing it through their eyes was just you know it, it almost you know, it, it almost literally brought you to tears just watching them how happy they were and it was it was really cool. I thought um, haven't made it to Epcot or to Animal Kingdom yet, but we've made uh, Magic Kingdom and and Hollywood Studios so far. So
3: I'd agree with that. The Magic Kingdom is uh, a totally different experience. Uh, first thing in the morning, um, just seeing everybody just gets so excited outside the gate. Um, to See the the train come around with the the family that they've chosen to be you know, sort of the the initial greeters uh, to the park that's uh, that's always fun
4: also if you have some type of touring plan if you're coming you know ready to ready to go hit the rides if you make rope drop you get so many rides done you know before like lunchtime that uh you know you you miss those long lines and those long crowds if you have a some type of a basic plan like you don't have to go gung-ho say we have to be here at 905 we have to be here at 910 but if you have a basic outline of what you want to do or what area of the park you want to hit first boy that that can really help get i'd say you know an extra five six rides in than you probably would if you didn't even make rope drop
5: you know i i kind of feel the same way uh, as john um, uh, and also, like Aaron was saying, the whole the anticipation, getting ready. And, and when you're standing there and you're waiting and you know that, that it's almost time, your kids know it's almost time, you have time to sit there and think about all the great things that you're going to do that day. You know, I'm going to ride Pirates of the Caribbean or I'm going to ride, uh, if you're at Hollywood Studios, i want to ride Toy Story. And, and you know that that's coming. And and standing there waiting for the rope to drop, the anticipation building. Um, you you don't get that if you show up at an hour after rope drop, you know.
0: Yeah, well, and and you know, before we we focus all of this on on uh, Magic Kingdom, I got to say, I, I think that although Magic Kingdom is certainly the the most grand of the of the rope drops, I really like what Animal Kingdom does at rope drop. You know, the the kind of safari car that pulls up and the characters on the car and um, they do a really nice job of, of setting the, the tone for Animal Kingdom um, and it's a really nice kind of welcoming show
2: yeah I like yeah, that Animal good. Kingdom as well although you're at h- the highest risk of being trampled at the Animal Kingdom I would say that's <laughs> the way they funnel you in there so keep an eye on your kids I always put my daughter on my shoulders to make sure that she doesn't get swept away by the crowds
3: I think also in the you know, spring and summer, getting there at rope drop at the Animal Kingdom is, is the best part of the day to be there. It gets so hot in the park later on in the day. Uh, getting yeah. there Animal for Kingdom saying, The atmosphere is just great, I think.
0: Well, you know, even in October, we found it true that, that getting there early really did make the, the day's touring much more comfortable because it just gets so hot. You know, even then, I mean, I, I know that we were there during a... a at the first part of October this past year, and I know it was, it was somewhat unusually hot. We were in the 90s for, for much of the time we were there. But, um, you know, it just, so much of the time in, in Orlando, it gets so hot in the middle of the day that being able to, you know, do a good bulk of your touring in you know, a couple hours between 9 and 11 before the sun gets all the way up in the sky, it, it just made the rest of the, the day so much more pleasant than having everybody burned out. All right. Well, does anybody else have anything to add about uh, the DizDad commandment to uh, to make sure that you, you hit rope drop at least once?
2: I don't think you're going to get any arguments from this group.
0: No, I don't think so.
2: All right. I think well, it's, it's confirmed it's a man law.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one last topic here that we wanted to touch on before we wrap up. This is the Diz Dads, and one of the nice things about the Diz Dads Club is that there are enough of us that there always seems to be somebody – Coming back from a trip to tell us how things are going at the in the world and also people who are getting ready to go. And uh, we've got Chris Carroll, who's going to be taking a trip in April. So, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about the trip you're planning?
2: Well, um, we're going down the – we have our spring break the week before Easter, which is a doubly – busy weekend. I think that if you look on the touring plans, everybody's giving that week a 10 out of 10. It's going to be a very busy week. So I'm a little apprehensive about that. But our kids are getting a little older and they feel more and more guilty about taking them out of school. So uh, we're going to go down that that week and stay until the Saturday before Easter and, and turn around and come home. So we're home for... The Easter Bunny on Sunday morning, plus uh, plus church. My wife has got it in her head that we really need to get there too on Easter Sunday for some reason. Um, so we're going down on Friday the fifteenth. Um, we're going to stay at the we're staying at the Bay Lake Towers. we um, we took the plunge and joined DVC a few years ago, uh, and uh, you know that for those of you who are DVC members and get an opportunity to stay at the Bay Lake Towers. Those those uh, suites are nicer than you know the nicer than our house. Um, They're really (laughs) unbelievable. Um, The uh, so we're gonna stay there um, and uh, we have um, uh, we did we haven't bought our dining plan yet. We may take. I think that was John's um, suggestion about what to go either the deluxe or the the non. uh, or the, the one down. Uh, cause I did feel that the last time we were there, we did spend a lot of time eating on the deluxe plan and it may be worthwhile to, to downgrade that and to convert some of the reservations I made to, um, just uh, counter service rather than the table service restaurants. The-
0: yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, you know, I, one of the things I was curious about cause you're one of the more frequent visitors from the club. Um, and so I was wondering if you could share with us any ideas that you have for, uh, you know, dealing with these these times when the crowds are especially high. Is there a, a do you tour differently? Do you do things differently? Do you find time to do things, you know, outside of the parks more because it's so busy or? You just you find ways to battle
2: the crowd. Um, yeah, you know, we, we get there early. Rope We try to get there rope drop. We try to eat at off hours. You know, if you're eating dinner really early, um, then you can be out when people are not eating. Uh, excuse me, you can be out uh, doing rides when people are eating dinner. Uh, you know, we we try not to do a lot of attractions in the um, midday we try to get them all most of our our rides done in the morning so that we can go either back to our hotel or um, or do something or take it just a little bit slower paced during the afternoon because it does um, it does get very busy plus you know I think that there's a lot more to Disney than just uh, how many rides and attractions you can get on and um, you know we have our favorites, but we don't necessarily need to do everything. You know, a, a dozen times. Um, our oldest child uh, is on the autistic spectrum too, so we have to be cognizant of not pushing him too hard. So building in breaks is very important to us. Plus, uh, we definitely feel like uh, we should divide and conquer. And um, uh, you know, if um, if one or more of the kids need to break my wife or I'll go back with that child and, uh, we will, um, the other one will stay in the park with the other one. So, uh, you know, we definitely use the, the tag team approach.
0: We did a lot of that too with a four year old and an eight year old, actually three and eight at the time of the the trip. Um, and what do you think you're most looking forward to on this trip?
2: Um, I think I am, uh, I am most looking forward to, um, believe it or not, the, uh, the Hoop-dee-doo review. Um, we, uh, I've never been... Actually I had been there once when I was really little, probably, I don't know, seven years old and I remember nothing about it. Um, although my uh, uh, my dad is coming down with us again at the end of this trip and uh, we're going with him to that again and that will be a lot of fun to go as a family. I've heard good things about it, heard it's really corny. but. Um, you know, I'm excited to, to go and expose my kids to that and to see uh, to see them go through it.
0: All right. Well, that sounds great. Um, I think that's going to about wrap it up for our first go at a uh, podcast here from the Diz Dads Club. Um, on behalf of Mark, Gary, John, Eric, Chris, Nate, and Carl, I've been Aaron Rittmaster, AJ Ritz, Pratt Pack, Gary H-Man, Big Tech71, DEA, DizDad Doc, Trenner, and DizDad C. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to talk to you again real soon. Thank you.